All right, coming up, we're bouncing back from that Halloween hangover. We missed it last night. We weren't able to get the pod up, but we're coming at you live tonight. We got World Series Game 5. That's going on during the pod tonight, so we're going to give a World Series update. We're going to jump into our NFL Surprise Super Bowl matchups. We're going to do some, some media overreaction. We're also going to talk about Uncle Clint's Coles Cash Onion reporting that he did on the last pod. That's been debunked, so we'll bring that up briefly. We'll go over the Week 9 NFL matchups, a little bit of fantasy talk, and we're going to get into that NBA Harden trade a little bit, the Clippers uh, getting James Harden that just went down today. And then we just got the news here recently uh, that Bobby Knight died, the legendary Indiana University coach, so we'll we'll close uh, with that thought. So without further ado, it's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right, so it looks like we're getting close to the end of the baseball season here. It could end tonight. You got the Rangers up 3-1. Evaldi's going. Uh, he's facing Gallen, so it should be a good matchup tonight. I think it's 0-0 right now in like the third inning. Kate, if you want to grab an update on that, that would be appreciative. But, again, the Diamondbacks have shown grit all year. Wouldn't surprise yeah, zero, me. 0-0. Zero. 0-0 still. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if they pulled this game off and stayed in it. Um, I think the Rangers look like they're just going to have too much. I mean, they, they've gotten great pitching from some weird areas this year. I mean, I don't think they were expecting their bullpen to do what it's done in this World Series. And they've just been the team. They've been the team this postseason. They've been great on the road. And the Rangers have just really been getting it done. So we'll see where this ends up. You know, my, my thought on the whole thing right now is just that I saw something that people were not watching games two and three of the World Series. I think baseball's putting a fantastic product out there right now. I love the rule changes. I love the way it speeds up the game. And when you're watching it, you have these exciting moments, and these guys got to toe the rubber, and the hitters got to get in the box and go. It just brings a different level of excitement to baseball, and I hope it brings in uh, more viewers as time goes on. So I, I just I, I'm really happy with what they've done with the game this year, and I really enjoyed watching the postseason. So hopefully it doesn't end tonight. Hopefully they make this a little more interesting, and it goes. You know, hopefully it goes six or seven. Time will tell. But this has been has been an interesting one. One of the things that came to my mind here was the, the Rangers, right? They've never won a World Series in their franchise history. And it took me back to that 2011 against the Cardinals where they were one strike away twice in game six. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever watched as just a general baseball fan where they came one strike away from winning the World Series in the ninth inning of game six. And then they came one strike away from winning the World Series in the 10th inning in game six. And they still had game seven, which they lost. And I'll just never forget seeing the look on Nolan Ryan's face when the Rangers were not able to pull that off. And I think he made a prediction that they were going to win it in the sixth game. And then I looked that up, and this name came back to me, this David Freeze. He was the guy that ended up winning World Series MVP that year. He still plays, I think. I don't think Freeze is playing anymore. He's a third baseman at the time. Um, He he hit 348 in the World Series. He had a uh, game-time triple in the ninth. This was in that sixth game. And then he had a walk-off homer in the 11th, and it was seven RBIs in the series, and that earned him World Series uh, MVP. So I, it took me back to that, seeing that it looks like the Rangers may get their first ever World Series, and um, we'll see. Maybe sometime at this pod it'll look like one team takes control, and if that is the case, 
we will update you guys accordingly. Caden, any thoughts on this postseason in general or where we stand with the Rangers up 3-1 and how you think this thing's going to close out? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a really good postseason. And I don't know, it just kind of feels like these two teams are uh, the underdogs kind of going into I mean, it was kind of um, it was kind of crazy because both of these teams and basically going into the All-Star break were in control of their divisions and then they both really kind of had a really bad second half and then they really turned it down in September and both of these teams uh, made a push. They did not win the divisions, but they um, they put themselves in a really good spot and, well, it wasn't just the spot. They had to play really good baseball and that's what they did, but it just kind of seems like um, – Every time in this in this series, every time the Diamondbacks do something good, the Rangers bounce back. If it's a hard ball, the Rangers make a big play. If it's a home run, they bounce back with a big out or a big run in the next inning. I mean, it's just that Diamondbacks can't catch a break, and that's because these big-time players for the uh, Rangers are doing big-time things. And I just think the Diamondbacks are getting overwhelmed right now by everything around them. Yeah, we'll see what they really obviously they need to get this win tonight. It's a must win, and you never know. Sometimes a team catches a little momentum, and in baseball, teams have come back from three one before. It's not common, but it has been done. So we'll see what happens there. I dug into this a little bit because when I when I read up on that David Freeze thing, I thought to myself, what was the biggest surprise World Series MVP in the history of the World Series? And and this is what I came up with. Bobby Richardson of the Yankees in 1960, he hit 367 with 11 hits and 12 RBIs and one home run, and he beat out Mickey Mantle for the award, who batted 400, hit three home runs, and had 11 RBIs. But what's most unknown about this, and what makes it the most unlikely World Series MVP in history, is that the New York Yankees lost in seven games to the Pirates. It's the only time to date that a World Series MVP came from the losing team. So I thought that was very interesting. And again, that David Freeze thing really made me kind of dig into this. And there's if you if you look it up online, you can look up underdog World Series MVPs. And there's a list of ten or fifteen that are just really surprising, cool stories where you know guys came in on teams filled with all stars, and, and a different player just stepped up and got it done. So I think that's that was a cool story this year. I don't know. I don't know who's going to get it thus far. Obviously, it's not over yet. It looks like it's going to be one of the Rangers. I feel like it would be Corsi or Garcia, but Garcia hasn't played since game two. Right. Garcia got hurt um, in this. I think it was game three that he got hurt in, but he got hurt, and, oh, yeah, and okay. Seager had a couple of big, you know, Seager's had some big hits. So, But, I mean, it can, it can change. Obviously, if the Diamondbacks get tonight, someone else steps up in a game later. Um, you just don't know, so we'll be interested to see. And then probably our next pod will end up being our final um, baseball-focused pod where we won't lead in with baseball, and we'll talk a lot more NFL and NBA at that time. So we're going to move on. All right, we're going to jump to some of our NFL talk right now. Um, I like to jump right into my surprise Super Bowl matchup because I think that it's so cool that every week we get a couple new teams to talk about for one reason or another. Um, and I think this is going to be the last week I do this. I know I mentioned that a couple times, but I think this is going to be it, and we'll just change up the NFL topics. But again, the NFL just keeps feeding me these. And, and this year, out of the this week out of the AFC, it was the Bengals. 
The Bengals for sure. I mean, they're I think they're four and three now, and Burrow's starting to look like Burrow. He clearly had something wrong with them in the first few games of the season. Uh, Mixon looks strong and healthy. Chase looks good. Their defense is playing well. I just see the Bengals just looking like they're back in and they're the real deal, and they could they, they could be a contender again this year. And then my NFC, in part, this was done for Caden. I had to throw it out there, and I'll let him talk about his team a little bit. But the Saints are my surprise uh, Super Bowl contender in the NFC. Right? They're they're not they're having an up and down season. They're four, they're five hundred, but they're in a terrible division. <clears throat> so there's no reason that they can't win their division this year. Get into the playoffs. They got weapons. They got great offensive weapons. They got a pretty good defense. They're the type of team that if they get rolling, why not? Um, they can certainly make the playoffs without a doubt. Their quarterback's up and down. Um, the other week, it seemed like he was, when they were losing, he was upset at everybody on the field, even though it looked like he was the one making the bonehead plays. So he's a little bit of an interesting character, but he has shown at times capability to play the position at a, at a fairly high level. So we'll see what they got. Caden, what do you think about my surprise matchup this week with the uh, the Bengals versus the Saints in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I, I definitely uh, like the Saints. I mean, they're... They're my favorite team, and I really only play, I'd only played the Colts, and the Colts are uh, struggling big time. But you know, this real, I feel like this could be a good confidence game. I mean, they I mean they now get back home. Now they're gonna face Chicago and just do what they do against Chicago. I mean, I don't think Chicago stand a chance, especially with Tyson Bajant. Um But yeah, you know, I feel like today um, against the Colts it was a good game. Get our confidence up, then go play play the Bears, and that's 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 where we can get our. Uh, confidence up and then when we face the big dogs I think we'll get ready or high confidence it just seems like everyone's making big plays um Chris Olave, Rahishid, um even Taysom Hill I mean it just seems like this is an all-around good team especially offensively but defensively it's been there all all the time it's just the offense needs to click and right now it looks like it's clicking well let me tell you this you know I like to wait Usually a little bit later in the pod till we jump to the Bears, but you mentioned Bajan. And, you know, I didn't like the way you talked about Honestly, I, he looks like a serviceable NFL quarterback. And I'm curious to picks. see. One of them was a late gamer. The other one was just, you know, he made a bad throw. But he also made some really good throws in that game. And just leave it to the Bears to have a game like they did, the performance that they got out of Foreman. And then they go to this game, and it's like they're hesitant to give the guy the ball. It just the way that the Bears coach, the way that their games and the defense looked awful. I mean, it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch the Bears. Um, again, I think this guy gives you just as good of a chance to win football games as Justin Fields. I've mentioned it on the previous two pods that when the Bears get weird about Fields' injury and you're not hearing a lot about it, and they show him on the sidelines with his sunglasses on and he's got the big. A brace on his finger, but nobody's telling us what the prognosis is. He's week to week, but yet they're ruling him out on Tuesday. He's ruled out for the weekend. So, again, the Bears don't know what they're doing as a franchise. Um, I hate to talk so much about their quarterback when so many other things seem to be in shambles for oh, them. Yeah, I mean, Bates do a perfect throw to that guy who fell down in the end zone. Yeah, right. Yeah, he throws a throw to the guy. I mean, he's just a ball the guy... There's blown coverage. The guy's wide open. Bajan just lays it up there for him. He falls down. It still hits him in the stomach. I don't even know who it was that dropped that. It was it was just embarrassing. I mean, this is what happens to the Bears. And like I say, watching the, the Chargers, when they play against bad teams, that's how they look. They look phenomenal. They move the ball easily. 
Um, there's just all kinds of space on the field for them to operate their offense. The Bears looked like they weren't even attempting to guard anybody until they got the first down. And it was just an ugly game for them. So that's my little run on the Bears. Before I jump to my media overreaction of the week, I got to mention the Kirk Cousins Coles cash deal. So Uncle Clint would not get off this Kirk Cousins Coles cash deal. I knew it was Onion style reporting. I was digging around on the internet trying to figure out what the heck he was talking about. It was all, don't believe everything you read on the internet, right? It was all just a bunch of nonsense, but it was kind of born from that Netflix series quarterback where Kirk Cousins was on there and he, um, it, it, something went viral with him and that he bought all his Coles at clothes or at all of his clothes at Coles and something went viral on that and then it created some of this you know, he's getting paid in Coles cash and all this kind of nonsense. Somebody from Minnesota that my brother knows somehow convinced him that he really got paid in Coles cash. I don't know. I didn't find anything legit about it. We had a fun time messing with it last week. Just between him saying it, showing me pictures of the guy wearing Coles clothing, Caden having no idea what Coles even is, and me trying to manage the two of them through that process was a lot of fun. So when he comes back on, I'm going to shut him down on it. And tell him that's it. But he did go back to work. So uh, good for those guys getting a deal on their strike and getting back to work. Now, the media overreaction of the week, right? It's all this stuff going on with the Raiders. I don't know what the Raiders thought. And, Caden, chime in whenever you feel necessary here. But I don't know what they thought they were going to have this year. Right now... They're, I think they're three and four. Yeah, they're not having, they're not having a bad year. Yeah, right. I mean, where, where do they think they're going to be? I mean, that's a type of team that's going to be three and four or four and three, right? They fire their coach who they, they just gave an extent. I think they gave him six years and 60 mil just last year. So they're going to lose it. I'm calling it Garoppolo's going to the Jets. I, I like the thought on that because something's going on here. They bench Jimmy G. I mean, this is like, it, I don't know if the Raiders... I'm calling this my media overreaction. I don't know that that's the right definition here. Just the fact that they made all these moves. They benched Jimmy G. They fired the coach. The team's kind of performing. They're not performing very well, but at the same time, I don't know that that team and that defense and, and the personnel they have there was going to do much better. And, um, and Jimmy G is not having the best year, but I find it very hard to believe that he's not their best option at quarterback. And maybe there is something else going on there. Maybe Jimmy G is going to end up being a candidate because we're, we're in love with this Jets thing. I mean, and I think part of it's because I had the Jets in the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> I think that that pick looks better and better every week as the Jets continue to eke out games, um, beating the Giants 13-10 in one of the ugliest games you've ever seen where the second half, uh, Tommy DeVito, the character from Goodfellas, um, did not was not allowed to throw a pass and was handing everything off. I think Saquon ended up with like 36 or 37 carries. Jets come back, win the game 13 to 10. They're somehow surviving. They're four and three. They've been through a pretty tough schedule, and they still have Zach Wilson under center. Other teams make moves. Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. They brought in the guy from Arizona. He's nothing special, but he's serviceable. He's better than what they had. Tyrod Taylor played. Uh, one, I think he played one quarter, and he had, he had more passing yards than uh, that backup quarterback. Give us, give us if you're looking Tommy at it, give us the box score on the Giants' 
passing game okay. last week. I mean, when you hear this, okay, it's like just the, like the absolutely wide receivers? awful. Like the wide receivers. Yeah, what? Just the whole. Give me the quarterbacks right. and what they did, oh. and then you can. Tyrod Taylor, Ty, Tyrod Taylor, four for seven, eight yards. Um, Tommy DeVito, two for seven, negative one yards. Um, Saquon Barkley, thirty-six carries, one hundred twenty-eight yards. Receiving Darren Waller, one reception, four yards. Matt Breida, one reception, four yards. Saquon Barkley, three receptions, no yard. Darius Lee, one reception, negative one yards. I mean, it reminds me of that New England game where Belichick did not, uh, I think that they threw the ball one time and they didn't do it till like the fourth quarter. And I think they won the game. It was the weirdest, it was just the weirdest game ever. But again, no clue what the Giants are doing there. But back to this, I mean, the Jets, why not? I mean, that seems like the fit for Jimmy G. And if you look at Jimmy G's career, he won games in New England. He won games in San Francisco. He was on good teams with good defenses. He's able to manage those games effectively. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I'm not even sure he's above average at this point in his career. I think he's 31 years old. But again, can he be the guy to get that done in New York? I don't see why not. I don't know the ramifications of it. I don't know how much that costs. I have no idea. But they got to figure something out because the Jets got a legit chance here to stick around, stick around, stick around, and Zach Wilson's going to be the guy. What's the point? If they somehow snuck into the playoffs, they're not going to get anywhere with Zach Wilson. He might win them a few games in the regular season, but nothing you know, moving forward. So, all right, we're moving on. That was our media reaction. What about my Super Bowl pick? You don't get a Super Bowl pick. You respond to mine. You want to give a surprise yes. Super Bowl? All right, go ahead. Alright, so for the AFC, I'm going with the Chargers because I just feel like when you look at the the, game, the way they play, yes, they haven't really worn up to their standards, but when you see their potential, I mean, it's just, it, they just look clean. I mean, Herbert has a cannon. They got solid receivers. I just feel like it's not very good coaching. I don't think they've uh, run the game as well. And then they got a fantastic uh, running back, and I like, I, I personally like their backup running back too, uh, Kelly, but Eckler, I mean, this guy, I, I just feel like he uh, chooses so many options, he's a beast running uh, running up the pipe, but he can also catch balls if Herbert doesn't see anybody open, he can easily just dump it off to Eckler, I mean, for a good gain, I mean, I just feel like they have so many options, I feel like it's just hard to give up on these guys, and for the NFC, I I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, this I mean, this team just continues to win big games. I mean, I know they're not playing the best teams, but I just I just feel like um, they just they just um, find a way to win. And when you look at teams going into the playoffs, and right now they're having control of the division, it looks like to me I look like they're it looks like they're gonna make the playoffs. Teams who find ways to win no matter what look like do have success in the postseason. And with great coaching like Pete Carroll, I feel like they can if they can piece everything together, uh, keep less stress off of Geno Smith, uh, get Kenneth Walker in, and uh, make Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf have them up to their uh, full potential. I really think this team can come together and uh, make make a push. I'm with you on the Seahawks, man. I mentioned them. I think last week. I mean, they got like I say, they got Pete Carroll there. He knows what he's doing. Um, and all the pieces you mentioned. Now the Chargers, I'm not with you there. Again, they played the Bears. When I do this, they got potential. when I when I try to do my surprises, I'm trying to go with teams. They do have potential, but I'm trying to go with teams that are surprising us. 
With their either they, with their they, win. they just, I mean, they didn't the surprise me beating off, the Bears. The Bears just came off a big win, a lot of confidence. They just punched him right in the face. And I knew Eckler was going to be nasty. He was my pick to pop, and he had like nine or ten catches, a touchdown. He really doesn't, he doesn't get a ton of carries, Eckler. And the coach he over there. He doesn't really get a lot of big carries, too. His biggest plays are probably receptions. Right, and, and the coach over there is a complete disaster. That guy makes calls that make no sense in close games and he's lost a ton of games for them doing that throughout this season dating back to last season they stick with the guy and he continues to make these strange calls at big moments in games and loses games for him I mean so I don't trust him I just don't trust the Chargers I don't they don't have any home field advantage the field um, their home field is typically filled with the opponent's fans I, I just can't get behind that what team do you mean? Over in L.A. I know. In L.A., the, the opponents have more fans at the games than the Chargers do. That's not true. It That's is true. When they're playing the 49ers. I'm telling, no, I'm telling you right now. No one comes. It's like a. It's almost like a tourist. Why is that? Stop. They got like the best stadium in the league. Exactly. It's a tourist destination. Nobody's there cheering for the Chargers. They're just there checking the place out. They got like no They got no true fan base. It's disappointing. So but anyway, I'm, I'm with you that. Uh, no, it's the Chargers. I'm with, you. I'm, the I'm with you on the Seahawks. I'm not with you. On the Chargers, but you never know. That's what the surprise is about. So we're moving on. All right, fantasy pops and flops. I'm going to announce this right now. I'm not giving a pop and a flop this week. I may even completely disband this category because it's not my thing, but I will, however, review what I did last week. I called Eckler against the Bears. It sounds like an easy one, but it's not. Eckler really hasn't had the best season from a fantasy perspective. Of course, he got at the Bears. No problem. Had a pretty big game. I had Tyreek Hill, the flop, playing against Belichick. That was an awful call. He didn't do, I mean, he didn't pop. He had a normal Tyreek week. I think it was in the 20s, but um, he still got the job done there. Uncle Clint had an interesting one. He had, Caden, look up the numbers on uh, Detroit's running back Gibbs. I think he had a pretty good game. Uncle Clint had him as his pop. He had Trevor Lawrence. Oh, 26 as carries, 152 yards of a touchdown. Oh, yeah, that's a beastly game. What do you have on receiving, Gibbs? Uh, nothing. Wait, let me check. Yeah, he catches some balls. I'm sure he had a couple in there. But either way, that's a um, huge game. Uh, nothing? Uh, and, five receptions, 37 oh, yards. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he had a killer game. And then he had Lawrence as his flop. Lawrence did what Lawrence normally does. Threw a touchdown. His team continues to get the job done, and you know this. I'm going to sidebar for one second here. Jacksonville Jaguars have the guy from who, who is it? Um, Urban Meyer. Basically, a complete disaster on that team. They go get Doug Peterson. This guy's proven. He got a Super Bowl in Philly, and I think it was 18. I think he sat out a season. No one. How come the Bears don't go after a coach like that? The guy's proven. The guy's fantastic. The, the, the Jaguars went from a complete loser, even with Lawrence on the team and some pretty decent pieces with Urban Meyer, they bring in a good coach. This guy turns the whole culture around. This team believes in themselves now. Now they're hot. They're winning games. Again, it takes me back to our local team here, our hometown team in Chicago. They can't seem to get any of it right. And it, it bothers me. It's just awful. All right, and then Caden was pretty decent. You had this Downs guy from Indy. I think he had a decent game. Yeah, yeah, like 11 points. Yeah, five or six catches for 50 or 60 yards, so not much of a pop. But your flop, you nailed. You had uh, Cooper Cup 
on a flop, and I don't think he did much at no. all. Two weeks in a row isn't bad. Yeah. But uh, my pop for this week is uh, uh, Alvin Kamara versus the Saints. I mean, versus, versus the Bears, because the, yeah. the Bears can't stop the running game, and they can't stop the big plays. And I, I when you saw from Eckler, the big, I think Kamara, he's always good on the ground, and especially with Kamara with his burst and his speed, I feel like he'll just chew up the Bears running game. But also, I think the bigger, the biggest plays are probably going to be from the receiving. I mean, the Bears, they're going to be so worried about containing Chris Olave and Raheem Shahid that these dump ball passes, they're not going to be able to, I don't think they're going to be able to um just contain him. And with with so much burst and the Bears are terrible tackling, I I just see him having a big game um with that. Uh, for I my, agree with you. For my flop, I'm going with um George Pickens. Uh because as you see last week if you watched the Steelers game they uh Mitch Trubisky he came in and uh he did not look very good. I, I he looks like a normal Mitch Trubisky. Uh last week Pickens didn't have a terrible game. At the, he caught a touchdown. He did he did, he caught he got some good balls. He, he um he did pretty good. But I just see against a solid Titans defense. I just see Mitchell Trubisky just really not Really not finding a rhythm, and when you, I really feel like George Pickens, he can't. He's not not at this. Uh, he's not at the level in his game where uh, he has a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky. He knows still have a good game. I think he needs to find a way where maybe get a little short pass, uh, maybe a little short passes. They get yards after reception, but I don't see any big plays from George Pickens. Well, some of these stud wide receivers, right? They find out what's like. Yeah, but like. you count George Pickens as a stud. I think George Pickens is a stud. I think but he's I, a here's stud what I'm saying. I think that. If you have the right guy throwing him the ball, right? Look at what Devontae Adams looked like when Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the ball. It hasn't been the same in Vegas. And that's I mean, that's what happens. And and this guy hasn't had the right guy throwing him the ball yet. Trubisky looked like a complete disaster. I think he came in, they were down seven or ten, and he's just flinging the ball all over the place. I think he threw a couple of picks. I mean he I think you just seen everything you're going to see out of Trubisky. I mean, he just don't have it as an NFL quarterback. And I agree with you. He might have a rough week there um, against the Titans with Trubisky throwing him the ball. But I do like him. And speaking of the other side of that, Caden has Hopkins. Basically been playing him all year. Finally decides to sit him because Tannehill's been an absolute disaster. Tannehill goes out. They get this. Is it Levis? What's the what's the rookie's name that they drafted Tennessee? Uh, uh something. <clears throat> Levis. He throws. I think it's Levis. He throws three touchdowns. He threw four touchdowns. D Hop, I think, had three of them. D Hop had a monster game. So, are you going to try him back in the lineup this week with uh, D Hop? I, I guess I have to. You're probably right. You probably don't have a choice. So, on that note, we're going to run through these games here. So. There's some good ones on the schedule. You got uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee's our Thursday night game, our Amazon game, as we call it, and um, that that should be a good game. I mean, Pittsburgh's going to have Trubisky out there. Tennessee's bringing the rookie out, and I expect that to be a low-scoring, tightly contested game, maybe a 17-13. I'll go Pittsburgh just because, again, I'm a, I just think Tomlin somehow, some way, in those dirty, grinded-out type of games, he finds a way to win them. What do you think about that game, Kate? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, Tomlin, he always finds a way to win. And I just feel like Tennessee, it just seems like anytime they have expectations, uh, they find a way to lose. Um, 
but I think it's also good for them that they have a little uh I think I think this uh Levis guy I think he can I think he's gonna be uh, really good for the Titans I think it's good to have a new guy that maybe the Titans can go to because Tannehill I just I just I don't know I feel like he had a couple good years but he made him to the, he uh carried them well, he didn't carry them but he made them to the playoffs and he played he played well in the playoffs I think after that the Titans were like okay this is our guy but he really hasn't had any good seasons. Really, um, good seasons where he led the Titans in a while. You're right. But um, You're yeah, right. this Lewis guy, I feel like it's he's good. I think he's got uh, some. I know he probably has a chip on his sh- shoulder because he, he was supposed to go in the first round and he didn't. So, but yeah, I think he's gonna come out here and do well. I just think the Pittsburgh and they're gonna find a way to put pressure on this kid. And I'm gonna trust in the Steelers' running game and George Pickens to do enough. But it's gonna be a close game. Somehow, I mean, Tennessee gave up A.J. Brown. How do you give up A.J. Brown? Well, A.J. Brown's a top three wide receiver in the league right now. And and they just gave him away. And that was at a time when Tannehill was doing a pretty good job throwing the deep ball. But I'm with you. Tannehill don't look like he has it. But when he did look like he had it, he had guys to throw the ball to. And A.J. Brown was one of them. And they just stripped Derek him Derrick Henry, he's not really... Doing a great job. Just makes no sense. Again, Tennessee, another team. I think they got a great coach there, but I think they're from from an upper management standpoint, total mismanagement. Letting go at AJ Brown is a complete catastrophe. They don't know what they're doing, and it's costing them a time when they could be making playoff runs. Another game we'll mention they're here. They're on a tough division, though. Absolutely, absolutely. Another game we'll mention here is the Breakfast Bowl. Um, this is, I think, this is the Germany game, right? Yep. This one in Germany. This is uh, Miami KC. Two six and two teams, head to head. This is going to be interesting. I like Miami here. I think KC started to show their true colors there, losing to the Broncos. I think they're going to lose another game here to Miami. I just, you're watching those games with KC and you're going, I mean, Mahomes threw a couple of nice balls there in that game. One of them bounced off a guy's helmet. Mahomes still see seems to have it. He, you know, he's he's doing everything he can do. I just don't know that he has the weapons. I don't think KC has the offensive weapons to do it this year. I know Mahomes is special. I know he's the best quarterback in the league. But again, Miami just Miami's got more. Miami's got more, and I think they're going to show it in this game. I'm taking the Dolphins. Who you got? Oh uh, yeah, I think I think all the hype with uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill's arguably the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, this guy from. I, he just seems he finds a way to get open all the time, and I, th- I think he really makes it easy for Tua. But Tua's also doing a really nice job. Um, they really haven't really gone to the running game a lot, but I also think he, against Kansas City they're going to need to mix up the running game because the uh, Chiefs' passing uh, secondary is pretty good. So um, yeah, it's going to be a close game. I mean, Mahomes. I heard. I also heard uh, against Denver he was sick. So you know, but yeah, like you said, I just don't think. I mean. Can Mahomes wide receiver run be a tight end? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Kelsey's he's a great tight end and everything, but I mean, I just don't know if you can trust guys. I mean, I don't know if Mahomes can really be that. I mean, he's shown that he can be that special quarterback like Tom Brady who can make an Aaron Rodgers or he can make other people um, great, but I'm, I'm just not really sure against elite defense in, in crunch time like you saw Broncos, the Broncos last week. They uh, force pressure on these wide receivers and Mahomes to make plays. 
Um, they did the uh, wide receivers didn't make plays, and it was really up to Mahomes to really kind of feed it to them, and he couldn't do it. I encourage everybody to look at the lines on the NFL games. Almost every game is inside a touchdown. The line meaning the you know who's the favorite, who's the dog, and it's just unreal. I mean, the parity in the league right now. Not even the the, the Vegas betters. They just don't feel confident in this. You have to get to a game. Like I think Cleveland, Arizona, where you start to see a line that that's over a touchdown. I mean, all these games are yeah, all these games are considered to be close games. Another interesting game here, since Caden mentioned that the Seahawks, they're going to get tested this week against Baltimore. That should be a good game. Another um, another good game coming up here. I'm looking at the records. Looking at there's there's some bad ones. I mean, God, you got Arizona, Cleveland. You got the Chargers against the Packers. A lot of sub 500. Teams playing other sub five hundred. I'll tell you the worst game. I'll tell you the worst game of the year will be the Bears <laughs> versus the Panthers Thursday next Thursday. Oh, that's That'll the be, Thursday night game. I think I think there'll be two. This will be a once in a while. There'll be two happy teams coming out of that game. One team who wins, yeah, they'll feel happy because they win. Um, and one team will be not. Well, one team will be happy because they lose and they get. A, they'll probably get Caleb Williams. So. Well, here's the here's what you're missing there. The Bears got the Panthers' pick. So the Panthers get no benefit from losing. The Panthers, that's why they won't tank. They won't tank because they don't get any benefit. They don't even have a first-round pick. The Bears got it. What if they get the first round? What if they they, get they the got round? nothing. They don't have a pick. They traded it to the Bears. So, so like, there's no shot they can get the number one pick? The Bear, No, the Bears have a legitimate chance to uh, – there's, there's almost a guarantee the Bears should get two top five picks next year. And Marvin Harrison – Junior's looking like the real deal. He's got to end up a bear. On the quarterback side, the Bears will find a way. They'll find a way to screw it up. I don't blame quarterbacks for not wanting to come here. It, something's going to go wrong there. I don't know what it'll be, but the I'm Bears. Calling are, it. Caleb Williams going to the Raiders. Bears are going to end up with two top five picks. So this is one of those weeks, Caden, where it starts off strong. Whether you got the you got the Germany game early on Sunday, you got a, a really good, an interesting Thursday night game. With the uh, with the Titans Steelers, that should be at least a, at least fun to watch. Probably be a close defensive style game, but at least a decent one to watch. And then it closes strong, where you got your Sunday, you got a Sunday game in the afternoon. You got Dallas Philly, so you got seven and one Philly against five and two Dallas. I uh, I'd like to see Philly lay it on them, but we'll see what happens. Dallas just bothers me so much. It's like it's like they feel like front runners. Like when they get out to a lead. Oh my gosh! They're celebrating. They, you know, they make a big jump. They blow a team out. But man, in close competitive games against good teams, I don't trust them. And that's what I think you'll see against Philly this week. So I like Philly there. You got a thought on Philly Dallas? I think Philly will wipe them out. I think Dallas is going to come in this game overconfident. Um, yeah, I just kind of think they're like they think they're like uh, the fancy team or something. But I think Philly they're a scrappy team, but they also got the big dogs and. The Cowboys, I don't think they just can't. I don't think they'll find a way just to uh, get over that home. I just, I just feel like the Phillies, big dogs, are just going to overwhelm the uh, Cowboys, and the Cowboys aren't going to respond, and they're just going to get blown out. Philly don't wipe anybody out, but I, I do like them I think they'll that wipe game. Them out. Hey, look up and see who the Monday night game is. I'm looking at the Sunday night game, and you got Buffalo Cincinnati. So I think Cincinnati's been hot. I'll be a good game. I think that should be a really good game. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Do you have the Monday night in front of you yet? Oh uh, yeah, it's know. uh Chargers Jets. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I got the Chargers playing 
Green Bay. No, it's right here. Monday, November 6th, 7.15, Chargers, Jets. What the heck am I looking at here? Hang on. I gotta see. I stand corrected. That's the Rams against the Packers. Um, so well, you got you got Chargers, Jets. So that's, I mean, it's kind of an interesting game. I mean, the Jets are a team that everybody's following this year because of what happened to Rodgers, and then they're all of a sudden winning these games and beating some teams that are walking away wondering how the heck they lost to the Jets, but yet it's happening that way. So some interesting football this week, as usual, and we will report back on all this probably next Tuesday is when we will we will launch the next pod. And then after that, we're going to have a week off because we're taking a vacation. So um, I'll mention that on next week's pod, too, because we are going to, to skip a week. So we're moving on from the NFL. All right, got to bring up some NBA. NBA season's kicking off. Um, man, it, all these, the major sports, they're just fun. I mean, we, we love doing this stuff. We, we love watching the different sports. Caden's checking out the Bulls. All of a sudden, he's dialed in on the Bulls. I don't know about that team. Um, but this Harden trade, this was the big thing that came out today. And I don't know what the Clippers are doing here. I mean, the Clippers actually had Westbrook playing decent basketball. Um, let me give you the overview of the trade. So everybody knew Harden was leaving. The 76ers are probably about the third best team in the East behind Boston and behind Milwaukee. They make this trade. And they're probably still about the third best team. So for Philly, it's a it's a fine deal for them. They ended up getting some good pieces for their future. I'll run through it briefly here. The Clippers get Harden, PJ Tucker, and Philippe Petrusev. Philippe Petrusev, not sure about his game. We all know PJ. Uh, PJ Tucker's kind of a defensive specialist. And then the 76ers get Robert Covington, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, KJ Martin. Then they get into some of this future. They get a 2028 first round unprotected. They get two second round picks. They get a first round pick swap. And they get a first round pick from the Thunder. So the 76ers really built up the coffers here uh, for their future with a lot of future draft picks. And, and um, they're going to pick up some talent there. They didn't get any worse. It's a good trade for the Sixers. And for the Clippers, again, the Clippers right now are in a position. They got Kawhi Leonard, they got Paul George. They, they pick up James Harden. They picked up Westbrook last year. If you're not going to get better than the Nuggets or you're not going to make a move that's going to put you in contention against the Nuggets, then you're wasting your time. And this trade is not going to get them over the Nuggets. The Nuggets have – they're looking like a fluid team. They're, they're rolling just like they were last year. The Nuggets look like they're going to be the team to beat. Like I said, I think the Lakers are a potential have the potential to do it because they make moves – and they get, their team looks solid right now, and they'll try to make a move midseason and maybe put a couple new pieces there. But again, the Nuggets are the team to beat, and this just doesn't make the Clippers any better. Uh, Harden has notoriously underperformed in the playoffs. Kawhi doesn't look like look like the Kawhi of old. Paul George still has is injury prone. Uh, Westbrook finally looked like he was playing his best ball, and now they're going to take the ball out of his hands, so Harden's got the ball. Disastrous trade. I hate it for the Clippers. And that's what I got to say about that. Caden, opinions on that NBA trade with Harden going to the Clips? Yeah, I mean, he kind of seems like a selfish guy, uh, especially on a team where I feel like uh, I feel like 
when they play all around basketball, basketball, I feel like they could be good. I mean, yeah, I think I think in the regular season, I think when they play loose basketball, I think it'll I think it'll be fine. But I think in crunch time, in the later of the year, when they're playing the big teams, I just think when you got when you're one of your, when you're probably your top uh, player is wants yeah that's good that he wants the ball but when he's not gonna pass to everybody else uh, I just don't think that's postseason basketball right there I think everyone needs to um contribute it's good to lead someone to lead the role but when um every possession when the, when the other team's defense knows that he's gonna get the ball um and he's gonna he knows he wants the ball. Um, they're gonna they're gonna adjust to that. Well, selfish is a good word for him, right? I mean, he's never happy in any situation. He's bounced around. He went OKC, Houston, Brooklyn, Philly, now the Clippers, and he he is a self he's a selfish player. Um, he has not done anything for these franchises as of recently, and it's weird to say it, but somehow the guy will go out there and average. 10-plus assists a game, but when you watch him, he's a total ball stopper. And I think that I had heard that, hey, maybe the Lakers make a run at this guy because they need another piece. But I think the Lakers know a guy like that, although he can put up some big offensive numbers, everything's got to run through him. He's got the ball constantly. Again, he's James Harden had some unbelievable offensive seasons, and I don't want to take that away from him, but his game right now, is just not at the level that it used to be, and I just don't think he's the type of guy that can make a big difference um, as a primary player. If you if you put him somewhere as maybe a type of guy like a, like a Dion Waiters or somebody that you throw in a game for 10, 15 minutes and see if he can get you 15 points, launch a few threes and, and do something like that, that's interesting. Just one of those quick offensive guys, a Jamal Crawford, where comes in, cook a couple people, do that kind of thing. But a guy that's going to give you big minutes and big points, I don't see it out of Harden. All right, moving on. All right, Bobby Knight. Just have to give a rest in peace to him. This news just came out that he passed away at 83. I just wanted to give a couple notes on him. He, you know, he coached the last undefeated team in 1976. There have been a couple close ones in the NCAA since then, but nobody's quite got there. So that's probably his most memorable thing that he did he was also there was a lot of controversy with Knight he, he you know, everybody remembers him with for the physical confrontations throwing the chair uh, there was the Neil Reed choking incident but I think that our most controversial figures in history and in sports a lot of times um, are also some of our biggest legends so Knight uh, I think everybody who thinks of him pictures him coaching college basketball mentoring kids and just making them better and also holding them to high standards academically. I, I think that that will stay with him. People will also remember the controversy. People will remember the physical stuff, but the guy really did have a great career and we just want to say rest in peace. Moving on, final piece of the night. Haven't given a youth sports update in a while, so I'll throw this one out there. Caden completed his season um, with LT freshman football, he was on the freshman B team. Uh, congratulate his team! A shout out. They went eight and one. They were awesome. They had a, a really strong run game. Uh, big, a big offensive line opening up holes up there. Good running back. Um, good quarterback. I mean, they had good pieces. Their defense was awesome. Fun to watch. And he, he just really enjoyed meeting these guys, playing with these guys. Um, his first year in football. Can you want to say anything about your experience? Just 
you know, just coming into freshman year in high school, being a, a little guy and saying, hey, I'm going to go out for football and give this thing a try. You got any thoughts on it or any words words of advice you want to give? Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I mean, I think that's all you got to think of it. You can't really be worried. You just got to have fun. And, uh, yeah, that's why, that's why I had uh, playing football, especially when I'm not the best. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, playing loose. So, um, especially when there's not a lot of pressure, it was uh, – it was fun to play uh, like that. Yeah, I understand that. I think that what, what he's saying is, is like in his recent years in baseball, he he you know he put some pressure on himself. He's been playing a key position in the field, and, and um, you know just putting a lot of pressure on his performance, which I tell him not to do because it's it's still youth sports, and if it, the the less pressure you put on yourself mentally, probably the longer that you'll play. You gotta, you gotta enjoy what you're doing and enjoy the process. And I think he does that too. So I am proud of him for that. But it was also fun to see him just go into a different sport, try something new. He didn't get a lot of playing time on the field, but enjoyed the opportunities that he did get. It seemed like he built some a lot of fun camaraderie with the players on the team. Um, I think the freshman A team went like 4-3-1. and one. I think they went 4-3-1. and one. They had a pretty good season too. And obviously those are a lot of his friends. He knows those guys. And um, what do you think though? I mean, in terms of jumping into high school, playing it your first year, do you think football will be something you'll you'll stay with going into to sophomore year as well? Yeah, prob- I mean, more probably. Um, especially if it's uh, no cut, I don't think it is. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. You, if you want to play, you play, man. And yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's definitely, um, especially, I, I can tell right now, it's uh, something that when I'm in school, I get to look forward to after school. Because kind of right now, the only thing I'm looking forward to is working out. But, um, yeah, it was, it was really fun, uh, you know, talking to my friends and uh, talking about the games and talking about the practices. It was, uh, it was uh, pretty fun. Right now, he's kind of in his off season between um, football and baseball. So we go through a little bit of a bit of an off season weight training program. Try to put a little more size, size, speed, and strength on. You know, before you head into the baseball season. So it's a nice little break. He was getting some pressure to wrestle, which he's never done before. Um, again, I don't, I don't influence his sports choices. I try not to. I try to encourage. Uh, playing as many sports and participating in as many things as possible because that's what sports is all about. You only get really one opportunity in life through these high school years, um, you know, to get to do this and to get to try these different activities. So I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna do wrestling um, because he's one. He's never done it before, and two, if he gets locked into a weight class, you know, it's he's growing right now, and it's gonna be hard to kind of hold that weight through a, a three or. A, a three-month season. So those are the types of things that we've talked about that's on his mind. But I told him, man, be flattered that the football coaches and the wrestling coaches have introduced that opportunity to you because that means that they value you. That means that they noticed that you went to summer camp and were on time and that you were a good teammate and those types of things. And that's the reason that they would want you to, you know, to join your high school in another sport as well. So um, last thing I'll say on that is I'm proud of you for finishing that season and I'm in full support of you going back and doing it again. And we're looking forward to baseball season coming up right now. We're running some metrics on uh, the different strength exercises and then seeing how much gains he can get basically in the next three months. And, and we did that last year and it was a lot of fun. So we're, we're continuing to go that route.
So that is the pod for tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. I hope that you continue to like us, follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your pods. Thank you so much for joining us. We are not going to leave it run tonight um, like we did last time, which I think you guys got a nice sneak peek into the madness that takes place when we sign off between, I think we talked about 15 different topics in the two and a half minutes that I let it run last week. So for this time, I am signing off. Have a great night.